and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man was also died, also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things, but now he's comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even someone rises from the dead. Thanks, Debbie. We're looking at uh, stories that Jesus told uh, in, from Luke's Gospel. Um, I'd like to do some counting. Uh, I'm going to count 42 people among us. And if I, once I've counted you, I hope you don't mind, just, would you mind just raising your hand and leaving it up for just a second, please? So, one two so thank you one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen oh never mind eighteen nineteen twenty twenty one twenty two twenty three twenty four twenty five twenty six twenty seven twenty eight twenty nine 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, Gemma, 37, Martin, 38, 39, 41, 40, 41, 42. Right, just keep your hands up for a second. Right, thank you very much. I want you to imagine that these 42 people are the richest people in the world. You are the richest people of the world. How are you feeling? Quite good. <laughs> You are the richest people in the world. You have the same amount of money as the 3.7 billion poorest in the world. Did you know that? The 42 richest people in the world have the same amount of money as the 3.7 billion poorest in the world. Okay, you can put your hands down. Thank you very much. Now that figure came out in January 2018 from the charity Oxfam and it highlights the, uh, the massive gap between the super rich and the poor and although a lot less people are struggling with absolute poverty you know that there are less people going to bed hungry every night uh, in recent years and that's a great thing the gap between rich and poor has increased and we see in this story a huge gap a gap between uh, the rich man and Lazarus as they're on earth, but also a huge gap between them once they die. 
They kind of go the other way. As Lazarus is on earth, he is living in hell on earth. He is laid at the gate of the rich man. He's presumably laid there because he can no longer get himself there. Maybe he's just too weak to walk. Uh, some people, I guess, are helping him so that he's then in the position to beg. But he is in a terrible physical state. The dogs were told, come and lick his sores. Now these weren't nice fluffy Labradors, these were street dogs. They were not clean animals. And we're told that he longed to fill his stomach with what fell from the rich man's table. Didn't want the full meal, didn't expect a big banquet, just what the scraps, that's what he longed for. This is an echo actually of a story that uh, Jesus tells the previous chapter, the parable of the prodigal son. The prodigal son is off in a far land, squanders all his money, and then uh, ends up feeding pigs. And he longs to feed, fill his stomach with uh, the food that the pigs are getting. Well, it's the same for Lazarus, just longing for just a few scraps from the rich man's table. He's in a terrible state, a pitiful situation. Do you know, once I, I went to the West Indies and uh, when I was 19, spent the summer there working in like a kid's um, uh, home and uh, centre and uh, came back via Canada and ha had a day to kill in Toronto. And I got off the aeroplane and I had enough money to get the bus, I think, I can't remember, into the, into the centre of Toronto, but I didn't have any money to do anything else. All I had was some guava jelly that uh, someone in Guyana, where I'd been, had given me. And so I had this guava jelly and that kept me going for the day. Uh, and I was literally, just had nothing to do all day. I ended up chatting to this guy on the streets and I said, well, you know, I sat down next to him. And I, I just remember that feeling of being there as he asked people for money passing by. And, you know, 99% of them just ignored him. They blanked him, didn't look him in the eye. And I just remember that, how dehumanizing it felt to be completely ignored. Now, I will hasten to say, charities in the UK would say, if you see someone begging on the streets, if you want to help them, just giving them money might not be the best thing. Actually better off to support a charity that's helping the issue of homelessness. But nonetheless, uh, it, was, it was, remember that feeling, and I was only there for a few minutes, and this guy, that was his life every day. Lazarus was there at the gate of the rich man. Right next to him. They were neighbours. And yet he was ignored. He longed to get some food from the rich man. But got nothing. Meanwhile, the rich man, we're told, he was dressed in purple. Is anyone wearing purple? There's a, one or two bits of... My wife's wearing... Is that purple? No, that's not purple. Is it? I'm not good on colours, but... We got a friend called Purple Sally. We call her Purple Sally because she loves to wear purple the whole time. In those uh, days, you know, purple was a very expensive dye. Uh, and if you wore purple, you did it to show that you were really wealthy. Well, that's what this guy did. He was dressed in purple and uh, was also dressed in fine linen. And we're told that he lived in luxury, not just from time to time, didn't just have a feast now and again. He lived in luxury every single day. And meanwhile, 
at his gate was Lazarus. Another trip we did once, we went to Sri Lanka, we saw Tanya's family, and I was struck, struck in the capital city in Colombo, uh, how the rich and the poor uh, live right next to each other. Uh, and so it, it was striking, because often in our society we're, we're somewhat separate, but they live right next to each other. Uh, these two live right next to each other. And then they die. We're told the beggar dies and angels carry him to Abraham's side. The rich man, rich man also dies and he is buried. Lazarus wouldn't have been buried. He would have, his body would have just been chucked on the rubbish tip, as it were. He wouldn't have had a proper burial. But the rich man was buried. And then they go in their separate directions. They'd lived life separately and now they go and live life separately again. The beggar is carried to Abraham's side. Literally, in Greek, it says that he was carried to Abraham's bosom. There's a wonderful story in John's Gospel where it says the disciple whom Jesus loved rested his head on the bosom, on the chest of Jesus. Close friendship, intimacy. Well, literally here, Lazarus is lifted to the bosom of Abraham. He's right there with the father of the faith. But meanwhile, the rich man is buried and he goes not to heaven, not to paradise, but to Hades. Now that was a word which just described the world of the dead, but it's not a good place. It's a place of torment. And we're told here, he looks up and he sees Lazarus. For the first time, he sees Lazarus. All his life, he hadn't really seen Lazarus, hadn't really looked. But now he sees him from afar. Lazarus had been there on his doorstep every day. We'd never really seen him, never really looked. I wonder, who do we see? Who do I see? Luke in other stories, talks about people who see. This is one of three, there may be more actually, but there's one of three stories that only appears in Luke's Gospel. One of them is the, perhaps the most famous story of all. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. And in it, we're told that the Good Samaritan saw the man who was left for dead by the side of the road. And because he saw him, he had compassion on him. And then we're, we're told in another wonderful parable, already mentioned it, the parable of the prodigal son. When the father sees the prodigal son coming home, he has compassion on him. Lazarus never, uh, sorry, the, the rich man never saw Lazarus. Didn't look. Who do we see? Who is God calling us to open our eyes and look to? He saw Lazarus. He saw Abraham farther, uh, far away. And he calls out, Father Abraham. Notice that. Father Abraham. This rich man was part of the people of God. He was part of the covenant people of God and he considered Abraham his father. That's a little bit scary that he then didn't spend eternity with Abraham. We can't rely on our family, 
And we can't rely on just even coming to church to secure our eternal destiny. This man sees Abraham from a distance, calls out, Father Abraham, and he says, have mercy on me. You know, we sang that song, everyone needs compassion, the kindness of the Saviour, mercy. He's crying out for mercy. Now, he'd never shown mercy himself in his life, but now he's crying out for mercy. Have mercy on me and send Lazarus. Doesn't seem like he's going to ask for much. He's not asking to trade places. He just says, send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I'm in agony in this fire. Just a simple errand, send Lazarus. This rich man has got so used to get, telling other people what to do and they do it, that he still thinks, even though he's in hell and <laughs> Lazarus is in heaven, he still thinks he can cry out and say, oh, could, would you just get Lazarus to do a little job for me? <laughs> he's still a, a deluded. And Abraham's response is compassionate. He still calls him son. And he sort of says, you had a great time when you were on earth. You lived and you had heaven on earth. But Lazarus had hell on earth. And now it's the other way around. And besides which, there's a big gap between heaven and hell. And we can't cross it. It's been set in place. You want to cross, you want to go, you can't. It can't be done. There's a stark choice here. There's a stark option. There's a finality to it. But he's not done with that. I mean, good on him, the rich man. He's, he's tenacious. He says, I beg you, send Lazarus to my family, Father. I've got five brothers. I don't want them to end up in this position. Abraham says, well, let them listen to Moses and the prophets. What does he mean by that? Moses and the prophets, this was the law. This was the, the, the whole of the Old Testament, actually. Moses, when he says Moses, it's the first five books of the Bible. When he says the prophets, it's the rest of the Old Testament. It's the whole of the Bible. It's just let, let them listen to that. That's all they need. These people would have heard the Scriptures. They would have heard the Word of God. They heard it read to them weekly, in the synagogue. They would have known it really well. That's all they need. They've got Moses and the prophets. No, 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 no. He says, if someone would just do an amazing thing and come back from the dead, that would be incredible. Then they'd believe, trust me. So if Lazarus comes back from the dead, that would be amazing. Then they'll repent. Then they'll turn back from their ways. Abraham says, if they're not going to listen to the scriptures, they won't even listen if someone comes back from the dead. Do you know there was another Lazarus in the Gospels who did come back from the dead, right? <laughs> Jesus brought him back from the dead. He'd been dead four days. And Jesus brought him back from the dead. Now, a lot of people then did believe. But we're told that quite a number didn't. They saw a dead man come back from the grave, right? Still didn't believe. In fact, we're told that they went and told the authorities. And from that day on, they plotted to kill Jesus. Jesus himself died on the cross in full view of everybody. They all knew he died. <coughs> on the third day, he rose again and still so many refuse to believe someone comes back from the dead is that going to change minds they've got the scriptures it's all in there and when jesus describes the law and the prophets when he describes the the, the, the whole of the scriptures 
What, are they ask, what does he say? How does he sum it up? He says, to sum it up, basically what it's all about is loving God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. Now, who was the rich man's neighbor? It was Lazarus. And he hadn't loved him. We get tripped up so many times. Gail was praying through the Old Testament and talking about that. We do get tripping up moments when we read the Old Testament. We might struggle with the violence and there could be all sorts of things. But you really can sum it up by saying it's about God being on the throne. God is God. And what does he say? Love him with everything you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. You know what? I've, I've studied it a lot. I did a master's. But I could sum it up by saying, love God with everything you got <laughs> and love your neighbor as yourself. That's all it really boils down to. Love your neighbor. The rich man didn't see and he didn't listen. What about us? Do we see? And will we listen? It's a challenging story, isn't it? People say, Oh, well, surely there were some other things going on. Maybe the rich man had been cheated on his wife. Maybe he was a thief. Maybe he earned his riches by you know, cheating out from others. Maybe he was a murderer. You know. And maybe Lazarus like, was a really nice guy. Maybe he was really compassionate and loving. There's nothing like that described in this passage. Jesus doesn't say anything. The rich man's problem was he had everything and gave nothing. He didn't love his neighbor. God's not joking when he says that's the most important thing to do. We can get so sidetracked with a whole bunch of stuff, but God is saying, love me and love your neighbor as yourself. Who's my neighbor? You know, when you're in my shoes and you're a pastor, sometimes you can think, yeah, but I can't wait till I get my mega church. <laughs> you know, I'm on, I'm on TV, you know, I've got my own show. This is the church God's called you to. Who's my neighbor? You know, I've played music for a long time and, you know, you can be resentful of the, some of the gigs you do, you know. Oh, this is rubbish. In your mind's eye, you're playing at Glastonbury, but in reality, you're playing at the dog and parrot. <laughs> and you feel resentful, but no, this is the gig you're doing. We can be in a job and think, oh, this is so rubbish. Look at my pay packet. These annoying colleagues I have. That's what Jennifer thinks when she works with me. <laughs> Do you know, this is the place God's called you to. You know, too often we, 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 we... You know, my wife's a family law solicitor. Time and time again she's encountered people who... They just weren't there with their family. They're too busy. Oh, well, I'm earning loads of money because I want to support the family. But you're not there. 
That's not to lay a guilt trip, you know, we have to work. But who's my neighbour? It's the person right in front of me. Do you know, it's possible to live life as if you're not living life. As if it's a warm-up for something else. It's not the dress rehearsal. This is it. You are my brothers and sisters. This is it. We've got one chance to live this life. Yeah, but I can't, when I retire. Yeah, but when I'll, I'll do this tomorrow. Today's rubbish. But you know, this is it. The rich man had his chance. And who was on his doorstep? It was Lazarus. And what did he do? Just ignored him. Will I see? And will I listen? It's really simple. We can watch a video about homelessness and feel totally overwhelmed, but God is just saying, who is it right in front of me right now? Just love the person in front of you. Love who God has placed on your heart. He's not calling me to do what he's calling someone else to do. He's calling me to do what he's calling me to do. The world is not convinced by a church that has its head in the clouds. I'm grateful that as a church, God is calling us to be his hands and feet in so many different ways, and it's really powerful. It speaks volumes. But we don't just talk about it, we live it. Love your neighbour. So let's ask the Holy Spirit just to... Um, move among us right now he is stirring he's moving he's speaking through the word because it's right here right now and today is the day Lord would you be speaking to me right now would you be speaking to us we're your people I thank you that for each one of us you've got a call on our lives. I don't have to live someone else's life. I live the life you've called me to live. You're amazing, God. I want to thank you that while others might not see our, our acts of kindness and generosity and love and mercy, that you do see them, Lord, and I want to bless you that you see those. For those of us feeling a bit worn out from, from life, Lord, I pray you refresh us today. Would you fill us afresh, Holy Spirit? Would you anoint us, equip us? I want to thank you that you freely give to us so that we can freely give. And I thank you that you called us. Jesus, we're your followers. And we're all too aware of our own failings and how we 
haven't always honoured your name. We ask for your forgiveness. We ask that you help us to live in the world you've called us to live in by your power. We ask that you'd receive all the glory. We ask that you'd move mightily through little old me, little old us. We ask that you work miracles in and through this church. Lord, I want to pray for any of us who are feeling perhaps a little bit like we've got sores, maybe not physically, maybe they are physically, maybe, but, but, but there's, a, there's a healing that needs to take place. I just want to declare your wholeness and your healing over us now. Where we've been hurt, where we've got scars. Help us to receive from you. You are a saviour to all. And we need your kindness, Lord. So we bless you and praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand and we're going to sing uh, God of Justice. Saviour to all. Fill us up and send us out.